welcome to the Hobby Tassel podcast. I'm Gemma. And I'm Candice. This is the podcast for creatives run by two fellow business owners who discuss the ups and downs of creative entrepreneurship. From dealing with imposter syndrome to celebrating new business milestones, we're here to talk about all of them with you. Hi, Gemma here. Welcome back to the Hobby Tassel podcast. I am here with Candice and we are talking about how to juggle a side business alongside a job. So we are both talking from experience. We have both juggled businesses alongside a job. We know there isn't easy. So today we're just going to share some tips to make that process easier. Now, it could be tricky to juggle the two because you need time to unwind. And that's something I want to really emphasize is that you do need to unwind. Um, if you have a full-time job, especially, and then you you have a side business, and when are you gonna when are you gonna unwind? You need to consider that. Don't let that be the thing that gets dropped because you're working on a side business. So, I'm going to go through some suggestions for ways to make the experience easier. And it's ironic because the first thing isn't easy. <laughs> like myself and Candice but that is to try early mornings and from my experience I found it easier to get 30 minutes earlier just to do a little bit of work on my business than it was to have had a full day's work and then have dinner and then try to start work on a business you are drained you are tired you might be cranky although early mornings are not easy I found that easier than trying to force myself to work after a full day's work in office. Candice, when you were working on your side business, when did you work? Okay, so for the side business, definitely people always message me in the evening because that's when customers were, I guess, active on social media. And so to give you guys some context, my side business, like not my from yours truly studio business. It's a motorcycle decal company and not company. I don't know why I said company, but because um, you're a businesswoman, Candice. <laughs> you're allowed to have a company. Basically, it was making custom decals for helmets. It wasn't text decals. A lot of times it wasn't text. So it's not something that I can just cut on cricket, blah blah blah, call it a day. It was someone giving me a helmet that was completely blank and they want it customized. So I would have to do research as to what current patterns existed, what graphics do they like, what's the style, do they want accents, do they want a full coverage, etc, etc, etc. Kind of like tattooing your helmet. And so that business, I always had it in the evening. Mm. But from your truly studio, I needed to work on it during the day. And in terms of balancing it, it was more like, I woke up late every single day because I was so exhausted because I'd be messaging these people until 10 p.m. or so. Not mm. healthy. But then I would wake up maybe an hour before noon every single day, continue doing from your truly studio. And then in the after dinner, I would work on the helmet stuff. There were people who messaged me at like 1 or 2 a.m. as well, DMing me. I put up a no rule of no DMs after a while. That's how I did it. Mm. And it never worked. What about when you worked at the 
bank. Ooh, that was worse. Yeah. That was actually that's worse. What, that's what I mean, because at least with Formula's Truly Studio, you have flexibility that you could get up slightly later, but when you have a fixed nine to five job where you can't have a bit of a lie-in if you need it, it's challenging. So how did you deal with that? I don't think I did that well because I couldn't design things. I woke up in the morning, like really early morning, and I would try to you know, do whatever it is I needed to do and then go to work. And then when I come home from work, I would make dinner and then I would complete some orders. But my delivery or my shipping time was maybe five to seven business days, which is very long for a stationary company of my size. And so that never really worked out. Uh, Something that I always knew that I shouldn't do after watching a sleep documentary is to never hit snooze because that will, that is what screws you up. (laughs) And I told, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told William about this because he always had trouble staying awake or just not being exhausted. And for about half a year now, he has stopped hitting snooze and he wakes up before his alarm goes off three minutes before. And it's been perfect for him. He doesn't feel tired. And if it's the days that he does feel tired, it's because he hits snooze. I was listening to Ellen's Burnout podcast. I think it's called Burnout to Badass. And she was actually talking about not pressing the snooze button. And she says something really interesting. She said, use that data (laughs) of when you want to press snooze to measure how well you slept and whether your sleep schedule needs adjusting. So she said as like tempting as it is to press snooze, rather than pressing snooze, just use it as a data point to see if you need more sleep. Yeah. Something that, you know, goes off of that as well is the documentary said, if you know that you need 30 minutes to get ready... And so what I used to do was make my alarm ring at 45 minutes before I have to leave, giving myself an extra 15 minutes of laying in bed and doing nothing. But apparently that's actually bad because you're not actually getting up and you will know on a tired day you can just hit snooze, will, which will screw it up. So what Ellen is saying makes sense. Use that data to push the absolute max amount of time that you can sleep. And then you get up and go because you know you can't hit snooze or else you're going to be late for work. And that's what's been working for Will. He sometimes has meetings at 8 a.m. And he has had no issues, even though it's an hour earlier than when he usually gets up. Because he always gets up at between 8.45 to 8.57. And yeah, that, that just works for him. And it's like the way you wake up definitely affects how you are going to operate for the rest of your day. So on the early morning point, because getting up earlier isn't easy, you really should think about what you want to achieve in that morning. Because I felt great when I got something ticked off my to-do list or I made some progress. But if I just got up early and I didn't know what I was doing, I just stared at my screen groggily thinking, what am I doing? Why did I get up early? And that's no good. (laughs) So have a think about what you actually want to achieve with that extra 30 minutes. And I think this tip would be, you know, helpful for parents as well. Like before their kids wake up (laughs) and start 
adding some chaos to the schedule um if that's something that would work for them i used to sweep i used to wake up like when i worked at starbucks i used to wake up and then sweep my floors after i brushed my teeth and everything and then so like i did my hygiene stuff i swept the floor ate breakfast and then i went to work i don't know why i did that but it was very satisfying it was like nice and quiet and you're just like sweeping um so (laughs) i've never heard someone tell me that they like fit sweeping into their morning routine i was like so happy about it yeah i was yeah i just swept in the morning now i have like a little robot vacuum that like sweeps in the morning for me but if it doesn't go off my day feels weird even if it's not me that's the ones actively sweeping and yeah so Gemma, other than having an early morning what is another tip to try to juggle part-time and full-time? Yeah. So, you know I love planning, Candice. <laughs> um, a little so too much. Have a, have a plan. <laughs> but when I say have a plan, I kind of mean have an intention rather than have a plan. So I worked on trying to build my YouTube channel for years, like literally for years, and my plan was to grow on YouTube. That that was it. But that is not a plan. That's not really an intention. I can't take control of that. <laughs> you know, it's up to the algorithm. But what I could do is I could plan to release weekly YouTube videos or maybe fortnightly YouTube videos. But something that I didn't do is I didn't have an intention behind what that YouTube channel could do. So did I want to grow it so that I could make income from my YouTube channel and that was it? Or did I want to use my YouTube channel to promote something else? I basically didn't think about how I could make money from YouTube. And yet that was my entire focus. So when you're working on stuff for your business, you need to think about how you can actually earn money from it because you have such limited time you need to be a bit more strategic with what you're doing yeah that makes sense because i have a youtube channel and at the moment i am only uploading about once a month which i know is not a good strategy to grow a channel that's under a thousand subs because like if you want to monetize you need to have minimum of a thousand subs and four thousand watch hours So clearly uploading once a month is very slow. But the reason why I like to keep it that slow is because right now I have a lot of other things that I need to try to juggle. So I don't want to... I'm planning to not burn out. That's my main goal. Is I have goals, but to get to those goals, I am planning my workload, I guess you could say, to more focus on to focus sorry to focus more on my health rather than my income because I have now learned if I'm like dead tired there's no income because I won't be able to function so if you are planning like for example so this is a question for you sorry if you are doing part-time because you are doing part-time right now for those of you who don't know Gemma is doing does have a part-time job that she works for someone else 
do you mind telling me how you plan out your week? Because I know you're not working like sporadically. Like your 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 shifts are pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, consistent. Uh, so how do you plan out your week? Your forty so hours. It took me a while to work that out, um, and I don't have forty hours because I try I try not to work on the weekends, and. I, when I suddenly had this big shift in my schedule, I felt like I had no time. <laughs> so it took me a little while to readjust. But something that I found works for me is that I spend a day focusing on calligraphy and then a day focusing on my coaching. And that just helps me. Is this the word I got stuck on the other in the other episode? Decompartmentalize. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. One, one day I'll learn how to say it, but basically it helps me separate the two. So on one day... I can fully focus on the calligraphy side of my business, so things like setting up workshops, marketing and SEO around my calligraphy stuff. And then on the other day, I can, you know, create resources for my membership. And for me, just separating those two elements of my business and having one element per day was easier than trying to create too rigid a schedule. Um, yeah. Do you keep in mind of the amount of hours you're working, like combining your part-time as well as your business, do you keep in, keep track of that? Or is it more of like a gut feeling of when I'm like tired? I just close my eyes and go, la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that have listened to our previous episodes, you'll, you know that I kind of went on a rant, like I'm never working a Saturday again. <laughs> that was a lie I told myself. I have been slipping back into working weekends but I've noticed I've started to be a bit grumpier because I started to work weekends and actually I wasn't giving myself time to decompress. So I don't measure how many hours I'm working because that is something I try to do. Yeah, I became really uptight about monitoring how many hours I was doing and I couldn't do, do a certain amount of hours. And if I did, I had to put it onto the next week. And basically I just was wasting time on this system. <laughs> What I do now as well to try and manage my hours is when I add a task to my to-do list, I put the predicted time it will take. So when I'm planning out my day, I try to only schedule in six hours of work because I know that I can't focus for eight hours a day. That just, it just doesn't happen. So I try to schedule a max of six hours so that I know that the work I'm doing will be productive rather than trying to cram too much and then I get grumpy because I haven't ticked everything off. Yeah, that's kind of similar to how I work because I know I work well between the hours of 10.30 and 1. I would actually get like maybe three things done and these are like not small things. It's not like I will get you know, one order done. No, that's not. Like it's actually like three solid tasks completed but if I gave myself the whole day to complete those tasks, none of them would get done. I don't know why, but my brain's just like that. And so you're right. It just, I have to block a certain amount of time for my brain. Basically, it's just working for my brain because my brain's like, you know, we're only going to be active for four hours. And if you're going to force me to work for eight hours and I'm aware of that, I'm just not going to work, period. So that's you being able to put a limit on yourself, though. What would you do or what would you recommend if let's say someone is working part-time and their employer 
is now asking for more hours from you. Yeah, so that is, it can be difficult. I am a people pleaser (laughs) and I like to be helpful, but it depends on your priorities, really. Is your business something you plan on growing to be a full-time business long-term? Is it something you want to keep more casual? Do you have the wiggle room to be flexible? So basically, if doing extra hours starts to make you feel uncomfortable, try to say no. I know it's so much easier said than done. And this is something I struggle with myself. And actually, an example I can give is when I was a college student. um, So college in the UK is like 16 to 18. I was a full-time student and I had like a small waitressing job and it, you know, it's meant to be a Saturday and a Sunday. On that Saturday, I would do 13 hours and then on the Sunday, I would do eight hours. And on the Friday, I started doing some hours as well. And quite often that could be six hours for my memory. And then suddenly, you know, I'm almost doing a full-time job on top of my full-time studies. And I had such a hard time saying no to that. And I remember having a discussion with the boss there to say, basically, I'm handing in my notice because I can't keep working all of these hours and trying to study. My, gr- my grades were slipping because I was trying to people please, I my grades were going down. And he was really condescending. He oh. put down my choice of university, like, oh, well, why are you even trying if it's for that university? I was just not a very nice person. And then he's like, how about we, how about we just give you less hours? And then because I was such a people pl- pleaser, I said yes, even though he'd just spoken down to me so much. I don't really know what the point of the story is other than I'm a notorious people pleaser and it's really hard to say no. But when I've looked back and I've given in to people that when it hasn't served me, I've always regretted it. And I think that's something you should consider as well. Yeah, it's kind of like setting boundaries. Mm. And a lot of times I know managers will ask you for your availability And then once you're within that availability and you work really well, but they start scheduling you for more and you don't say anything right from the get-go, they will continue doing so. And by the time you go like, all right, that's it. I can't do this anymore. A lot of times they do end up questioning you going like, well, you were able to do it before. Why can't you do it now? It's very hard, but you kind of have to just stand up for yourself and go like, I did it before because I... you know, maybe maybe you did think you can manage it, but now you can't. So just be honest about it. Don't don't lie to your managers and go like, well, X, Y, Z happened and blah, blah, mm. blah. But, you know, you can just say you're, yeah. you're, a, you're a people pleaser and you thought you could do it or that yeah. you didn't know how to say no. Yeah. But also try not to over justify it. You know, you're a business owner. I think people might. I'm interested to know what you think, Candace. I think people might look down on craft businesses as like a little hobby or, you know, perhaps don't take it as seriously because of the industry, but you're a business owner and that's your priority and don't let people talk down to you 
because of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Personally speaking, I had an amazing manager. Like, I definitely would not reach how far. Well, that, that didn't make any sense. I definitely wouldn't have gotten that far into my banking career without amazing managers. First manager got me into the advisor role. And then my branch manager was the one who just kept pushing me to, not in an aggressive way, but just kept encouraging me in a healthy manner. And he knew about my business too. And during my interview to get a promotion, he even said, Candice, I want to know what your game plan is. If your business grows, how are you going to balance your business as well as, you know, your job here as a, I would say for just, you know, generic season or senior advisor, essentially. And I told him, that is a very good question. Uh, I need a minute because I was not expecting that kind of question <laughs> at a job interview or yeah. not a job interview, but like a promotion interview. And I said to him, I would probably start outsourcing for help and just try to keep an eye on my energy level, blah, blah, blah. And he says that he understands growing your own business is very important, whether it be something that you want to do as a career or just something you want to keep it on a side business. And having known that, he said, he would be supportive of me if he ever thought that I was handling too much as well. So he cared about my personal growth as well. And I think that's one of the key things is that it's kind of like the value of your time. Like you, you want someone else to also know because you're working under them, right? If they don't value you as a person and they don't, and they see you as someone that could be easily replaced why work? No, okay, this sounds so bad. But like, why jump through hoops to please them at the expense of your business growth? You know what I mean? Like, for me personally, uh, using your example with a waitress, I wouldn't have continued with that manager, mainly because like, and I know because you're a people pleaser, there's nothing you could do. But like, mainly because if I had a manager like that and they were aware of my small business and they just looked down on me because I have a small business and that like my small business means nothing and it'll get to nowhere. Then I would just hand in my two weeks notice because I know in the future, even if I ask for time off, you don't need to justify that. You, you really don't. It's like they're not supposed to ask you, why do you need the time off? But if, for example, you need the time off because you're doing a craft fair or something like that, or you just want to take a break and work on your business if they're asking you why and you do tell them it's for my business and they do go like, no, that's not someone I personally would want to work under. Yeah. Because they yeah, don't value my, me. Um, gonna, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say my part-time job currently is supportive and they're nice and they do give me that flexibility if I need it, um, which is important. And I think just one more note on getting a part-time job to go alongside a business is I think the job either needs to overlap with your business. So for example, in my part-time job, I do things like blogging and email marketing and, you know, updating websites. 
that aligns with my business. You know, there's overlap. Stuff I learn in my part-time job, I can use in my business and vice versa. I think you either need that type of job that overlaps or you need a job that doesn't take up much brain space. (laughs) You need Mm -hmm. a nice, simple, easy job because the last thing you need is a job that you're thinking about when you go home from work. Yeah. I mean, that's the case for a full-time job anyway, but yeah. (laughs) That's true. So I'm the type of person who can't shut down from work, even if I leave the workspace. And I think a lot of people are like that. So it would, I don't know. Do you think it would be better if you worked at a place that is similar to your job? Uh, like, sorry, your business or like some what you just said, where there's a, a connection of your your employer as well as your business. Is that a thing where there could be a hindrance because you feel like you're still working for the other person? I see what you mean. See, I haven't found that per se. The only thing is, is I've found myself less interested in email marketing for my own business when I'm doing it for the other part-time business part-time job if you see what I mean because I'm working on that task for them I'm a bit less energized to do it for my own so occasionally that might happen yeah but it's not enough to hinder me and I think I learn enough to justify that and I'm growing I think I'm learning stuff does it make you not want to do it because it makes you feel like you're working for them again? Or is it just due to the fact that, you know, you're, you've already done it today, you kind, of, you kind of don't want to touch it again? So people who create content for a long period of time will know that it does actually require quite a lot of brain space to create a lot of fresh content. And because I do that for my part-time job at the start of the week... My brain <laughs> has kind of been zapped of a bit of creativity by the time I start working on my own business. But I put tasks in my own business that don't require as much creativity first so I can kind of ease back into my business and build up my creativity. Okay. So yeah. it's like resetting. Yeah, so I kind of reset before I jump back into the creative stuff in my business. Mm, okay. That makes a lot of sense. So going off on, you know, doing email marketing and like website stuff, do you have a recommendation of, you know, how people can get, like if for the part-time business, how do I say this? For part-time businesses, do you have a recommendation of how they can grow while they're still working full-time for someone else. Because they might want to... People might want to move on from part-time to full-time. Yeah. So set up a website. Set up your SEO. I know it seems daunting, but it does a chunk of the marketing work for you. Clients will start coming to you once you've set it up. Social media marketing, in my opinion, is really draining just in general (laughs) and you know when you're working on your business that takes up a lot of energy whereas when you have a website and people are coming to you (laughs) it makes so much more sense to spend some time 
to set that up so that you know you get inquiries whilst you're at your job you know you're getting that organically yeah I haven't checked my actual website in terms of the emails yet and I haven't done emails in a while because my brain's just zapped of creativity which I kind of I'm kind of sad about but you know at least I have that website where people can still go into my blogs and read about what my previous email stories were because I realized that I didn't have anywhere to store those stories for people who have missed it or like signed up for my emails later on. So having a website was really nice because they could still read my stuff when I'm not creating, essentially. So that's that's a good point. So now, earlier when I asked about for the people who want to move part-time to full-time, yesterday I actually talked to someone about how they wanted to go from part-time to full-time. So they were working on their business part-time. They literally just started it, but they do know, like their intention is to shift over to a full-time business. So if I were to put it into context, your full-time right now is your employer, like you have a big bubble that's an employer and you have a small bubble that's your business. What they want to do is to switch from the big bubble employer all the stuff into their small business so that now the small business would be their full-time big bubble. What what would your tip be for that? So I would think about an offer that can kind of be your base offer. So for example, if I wanted to become a full-time business and I had the choice to either launch a really detailed course or workshops I would go for workshops because they're going to be creating me money monthly and more consistently compared to this course which you know I've got to create I've got to find ways to market it just gets a bit more complicated so I think be more considerate of what your base offer is and don't overcomplicate it. I think when we get a lot of shoulds, we should do this. So for example, in the teaching niche, I should be doing workshops, courses, digital workbooks, printed workbooks, kits of calligraphy stuff. I should also be doing YouTube and blogging and other stuff like passive courses, live courses. There's all of these things that I could be doing that it gets overwhelming <laughs> and it may be tempted to try do lots of things. But from my experience, it's easier to just do one thing and do it well. And for me, my most consistent thing has been workshops. And yeah, so I would find your base offer. Yeah, so that point actually goes way back into one of our first few episodes that we have released and it was to find that one thing and make it great. Because as a small business, if you're doing part-time and you're trying to load in a whole bunch of products, different styles, different stuff like that, it's going to get really overwhelming. Something that I mentioned to the person that I was talking to yesterday was if she thinks about it, if her business did, you know, did very well due to the fact that she has a whole... Sh- you know, line of products and stuff like that while she's working part-time 
for her business and full-time for her other business, I guarantee you it will get overwhelmingly stressful. So I told them that she should try to just work on one thing or like, like focus on one aspect and try to make it better. Um, another thing that people can consider doing if like maybe product making takes too much time is what you said earlier, which is a YouTube channel, because that's more passive income than if they were to make products. Now, the reason why I say that is because YouTube video can take up a lot of time. However, you have the con complete control over the duration of how long you want that YouTube video to be. And so yesterday she was saying that she actually wanted to do YouTube videos, but she was worried that her aesthetic were not was not the typical aesthetic of a, a stationary or art or artist and stuff like that. I'm like, don't worry about that because people actually will want to look for unique channels anyways. And so she said, I actually want to do YouTube. It's just she's very scared of doing it, but... At the same time, there were also a couple of people who said, you know, if I did my business part time, for example, the artists out there, maybe calligraphy as well, you can always just share your art and share the behind the scenes of how you draw it rather than having to make money. And if you have, for example, your channel growing to the point, this is for people who don't mind a slow growth, by the way, I'm not talking about the people who go like, all right, I'm going to quit like, right, like that. And then do my business. I'm talking about like for those who are okay with working for your employer for another year or more while you grow your business and your business being that passive income coming in from your YouTube channel. Because that's something I also want as well and something that if I were to change the way I run my business or if I had to start from scratch, it would try to be sharing my art through YouTube that way I have passive income while I work for another person. And since I know it's more stable, I'd be less stressed after quitting. Which again, this goes back to like two episodes ago of us talking about the negatives of becoming full-time is that period of no income. And, you know, you're not spending that much money on starting a YouTube channel. Just you like I use an iPhone XR and the girl that I was talking to, she's like, I could not tell that that's what you were using. I was literally using my iPhone for the mic as well as the actual filming. So that's why I, I personally speaking, even if I run a stationary business, I would have started with a YouTube channel first and just to share my art and not sell any of it yet. What do you think of that? So I don't think people shouldn't necessarily rely on YouTube for passive income unless, like you said, they are willing to wait a long time potentially yeah. for it to happen. Even our friend Dina, our previous coach, she really went all in with her YouTube channel and it was her sole focus. It still took her a little while to build it up and she's doing great now. Like she hit, was it 20,000 followers? I think so. Uh, or subscribers. But it still took her a long time of focused energy to be able to do that. And if you have a full-time job, it, it could take even longer. I think there are other ways to potentially make passive income, but that's a whole other ballgame. Maybe we talk about passive income in another episode because I think that's a whole other like 
episode's worth of discussion there. Yeah. If you could say one thing that you do enjoy about, you know, your side business as well as juggling a full-time business, what would it be? So having a part-time job alongside my business gives me freedom to invest in myself. So I have more money to invest and I have more brain space to work on my business because I'm not coming from a place of desperation. I'm feeling panicked. I, if, you know, I have a really rubbish month and I make zero pounds, it's fine because I have that backup income. And that just gives me a bit of peace of mind whilst I continue growing my business. That is so true. Yeah, because because I don't have that right now. The only person that can really support me, invest in me, is my husband. <laughs> uh, which I know a lot of people don't have the luxury of having someone else, you know, actively supporting to back you. back you up, yeah. Back you up in a monetary way. And it's not like he does it on a regular basis, but he do, like I do know, should there be a situation where I know I'm royally effed, I could be like, hey, listen, could you help me out for a second? I'm going to obviously pay you back. Even though you're my husband, obviously I would, you know, be a very much aware that this is for business is not like a personal thing. So there's that. And I think I just want to say the overall message I want to give <laughs> is enjoy the freedom. Enjoy the freedom that having a side business gives you. You know, you have a way to earn money that should be bringing you happiness. You also have the security of a full-time job. You can really make it your own. You can go as fast or as slow as you like. Just enjoy the freedom and don't fret too much. <laughs> yeah. The more pressure you put on yourself, the more you will likely not enjoy something. Because your brain's going to be like, all right, so every time I work on my business, I get stressed out. So I'm just going to make so-and-so not enjoy this. And then maybe she'll learn. She, like, he or she will learn. They will You talk about your brain thing. thinking yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, personally speaking, I have a feeling sometimes when I stress myself way too much about my business, my brain purposely wakes up and goes like, today I'm just going to make Candace hate working for herself. And therefore she'll just sit there and do nothing. And then that's what happens. And then the next day, I'm just like, why did I do that? Why did I do nothing? I don't understand. And so I get very stressed about that. So these are our tips or our conversation about juggling a side business with a full-time job. The things that we've gone over today are trying early mornings, having a plan, and like with the intention of however you want to go about with your day, not just going like a big goal and then not having a plan of how to like how to reach there. Saying no. So setting those boundaries for yourself is extremely important. Just remember that anytime you're uncomfortable on a regular basis or something, it just means that your boundaries are getting crossed essentially. Remember the value of your time. Like you, you're, you're a person, right? Just because someone doesn't value your time, it doesn't mean you're not valuable. And so... That's something that you should be aware of. And while you're working on your business part-time, 
try to make it easier for yourself by setting up a website with, you know, the proper SEOs and stuff like that, creating offers that are based off of your availability. It's kind of like giving your availability to your manager. You should give your availability products to your customers based on your availability. I said that word a lot, but that's okay. I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, and if you want to do part-time and you want to stick with part-time while juggling your full-time business, that's okay. If you want to not rush, but like if you want to really proceed with changing your business from part-time to full-time, that is also okay. But we just want you to try to make this journey as relaxing as possible to reduce the amount of stress and enjoy the freedom. Like just because you have a part-time job or a full-time job working for someone else, it doesn't mean the end of the world. Because like what Gemma said, you are getting income to invest in yourself as well. For example, for myself, I don't have that. I really don't because I'm already full-time. So those are the tips that we have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this bit. If you really enjoyed it, don't forget to give us a rating whatever it is and leave us a review five stars five stars <laughs> yeah it i'm in canada so i can't see reviews that are outside of canada Gemma's in the uk same thing we can't really see it if it's outside of the country because apparently that's just how podcasts work but if for whatever reason we do end up seeing your review it just really makes our day and lets us know what we can improve on that's all I have for you guys today. We will see you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.